Alright, let's get to Daniel chapter 3. And growing up with muscular dystrophy, you can imagine the struggles that I've been through. It's uh, A lot of the struggle that I go through is a, a lot more emotional than physical. I mean, you get used to the physical things, right? You guys getting older, you know, you just get used to it. You know, you can't hear like you used to be able to hear. You need a cane to walk around. That's okay. There's no shame in that. You need to walk to church in a cane. Amen. I drive in a wheelchair, right? So we, we get used to these physical things. But the emotional things are really hard, aren't they? It's hard to go through the emotional struggle of, I can't hear like I used to be able to. Or I can't walk like I used to be able to. There are things I can't clean the garage out like I used to be able to. Maybe some of you don't need to do that. But I can't cut the grass or I can't, if you can't cut the grass, you just call Brother Jimmy. I hear he's got a good deal on that. Just shameless plug for Jimmy. But, you know, the emotional thing is the toughest part. Now, growing up with a debilitating terminal disease, your friends want to pray for you. That's awesome. That's great. I've had people that want to lay hands on me and pray for my healing. And, and, and I'm cool with that. If you have enough faith to pray that God would get me out of this wheelchair, then you go ahead right now and pray for me. I don't mind it. At one specific time about six years ago, I was working with a, a group that held chapel services at Arlington High School before the football practices. So we'd go in and we'd give a little 10-minute devotion to the guys, and then they'd go out to practice. There was this one guy I worked with, his name was Josh. And Josh said, do you mind if I lay hands on you and pray that God would raise you out of the wheelchair? I said, yeah, by by all means. Can you believe God can do that? Let's do it. So he went out behind the locker room, and he lifted up my arm and began to pray that God would strengthen my arm. Then he said, do you feel anything? I was like, no, no. So okay, let's keep doing this. So he kept praying. He kept asking me if I felt any changes. And as we both gathered that apparently it wasn't God's will for me to be healed that night. So we both went back to what we were doing. And we're both still serving the Lord today. And the key to that is, why can we pray strongly that God do something miraculous, yet when he doesn't, we can continue on believing anyway? Why is that? It's because of we can have what I'm calling and what many are calling and what Mercy Me wrote that song about, an even-if kind of faith. So what I want to talk about this evening is having this even-if kind of faith. The faith that you believe God can do miraculous things. And that you ask God to do miraculous things. And there is no harm in asking God to do miraculous things. Because isn't our God a God of miracles? Right? Now the guy in the wheelchair is telling you that he believes in a God of miracles. Yes, I still believe in a God of miracles. And you should too. So I want to talk about two elements to the even-if kind of faith. Because first of all, the even-if kind of faith believes God can and God will 
do miraculous things. Let's look at Daniel chapter 3. This is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar built that big statue that said, everybody come to this field and bow down and worship this statue. If you do not, we will throw you in the fiery furnace. We all, we know that story, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, pastor priest several years ago, when they did not bend, they did not break, they did not bow, I think I got that wrong. I remember a couple of years ago, pastor preached a sermon about that. But no matter what they threatened them with, they said, we're not going to bow down. Now look at verse 18. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, look at this, is what? Is able, but not only able, he's able to deliver us from it. And he what? He will rescue us, deliver us, free us from your majesty's hand. Look at verse 19, guys. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, they're still respectful, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So you see here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew that God was able because of what they had read through Scripture. They knew of the great creation event. God spoke and there it was. That is a miracle. They knew of the birth of Isaac, Abraham, and Sarah, about 100 years old, having children. That is a miracle. They knew of Egypt and the ten plagues, the splitting of the Red Sea. They heard of Jericho, how they marched around seven times, and boom, the wall fell, right? Shadrach, Nisha, and Abednego knew these stories. They knew of David and Goliath. They knew that God could miraculously slay a giant with a stone. That's crazy. But they knew those things. But not only did they know from the Old Testament scriptures, but I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew from personal experience that God is able and that God could deliver them. But they didn't say God could deliver us. Notice the confidence. God will deliver us. You ever prayed like that? Now, I think this is supposed to be later on in the sermon. But I think we have allowed people on TV that abuse this teaching to scare us from praying in faith and speaking in faith that God's going to do this. God's going to work. I just believe this. Because we'd seen guys on TV saying, you know, send me a couple hundred dollars and God will do this for you. I want an airplane. I, I, I want a new car. I want a new house. But that's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of faith when you're in the hospital, the doctor comes in and says, sir, you got six months to live. I'm talking about the kind of faith that says, God, preserve my life. God, I believe you're going to heal me. God, I believe you're going to use me for your glory. It's time that we as a body of believers stand up and start believing God and trusting God. Now, you may think that this sounds arrogant, 
That, that sounds like arrogance. That's pretty presumptuous of you, Josh. Uh, you're going to give people false hope to trust God and believe God. But I'm just taking God at his word. Let's look at this. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. What does Jesus say about this kind of faith? Back this up a little. Turn to Mark chapter 11. Okay. Again, verse 22. It says this. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, And does not doubt in his heart, But believes what he says will come to pass, What does it say? It will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I'm saying it's time to take God at his word. It's time that we revolutionize our prayer life, where we start praying in faith that God would save our children, that God would save our grandchildren. It's that we start praying in faith that God would heal people, God would deliver people from drugs. God would lead and guide our children. God will do financial things in our lives that we need. We need to start praying in faith that God will do it. And Jesus said, whatever you ask, believing, you will receive it. Now, in the context, Jesus had previously the day before cursed the fig tree. He was looking for fruit on a fig tree There was no fruit on that tree. And he said, may fruit never come on this tree ever again. A couple of days later, the disciples saw that that tree that Jesus cursed was dead. And they were surprised. They were shocked. But Jesus said, if you say to the mountain, go on over into the sea, it will happen. Now, those mountains represent hardships in your life. Trials, tribulations, financial distress, emotional problems, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, whatever you're facing today can be that mountain. And Jesus said, if you pray in faith that that mountain be removed into the sea, it will be done. But notice Jesus said, don't doubt. How many of us pray prayers of doubt? Come on, we, we know God can do it, right? And we see God, and we're like, God, I know you can do it. But there's a little bit of doubt that maybe God won't do it. Or what if God doesn't do it? Then my friends will think I'm a religious nut. That my God's not able, right? People think that. But Jesus said, pray in faith. And I believe churches and Christians do not pray in faith as much as we ought to. God still heals, right? God still delivers. God still saves souls. God still grows churches. God still empowers pastors to preach. And we need to start believing that, praying that, and walking in faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Having that kind of faith that we knock on the door of heaven. And we knock on that door. Jesus said, knock, knock, seek, ask. 
and it will be given to you. Knock, the door will be open. Seek, and you'll find. Jesus said to do that. When's the last time you sought God for something? Did you just lightly knock? You're just like, I'm not God. Maybe listen to me. No. When's the last time you pounded on the door of heaven? Say, God, I need an answer. God, I need you to move and work. I'm sure some of y'all have. And we should do that. That's what an even if kind of faith does. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, throw me in the fire, keep that fire up, but I'm still going to believe. My God will deliver me. So secondly, we see an even if kind of faith. Okay, Josh, I get all this faith stuff. I get that you're sitting in a wheelchair telling me to believe God to do miracles. Yeah, I see that, Josh. Why can I do that? Because there's two aspects to the even-if kind of faith. The even-if kind of faith can pray that God does miraculous things. But, number two, it surrenders completely to God's sovereign will. Notice that right in the same minute ago, verse 19. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow. We're not going to bend. We're not going to break. We're going to stay worshiping our God. That's the kind of faith that you need today. I know there are struggles in your life right, right now. And you need God to move. You've asked God to move. I know you've prayed that God would heal some of your loved ones. And they passed away. What do you do with that? You believed God would do something. Maybe your finances are just in the tank. And you believe God would move and work, but he hasn't. And you've learned to just be content with what God has given you. Maybe you've you've prayed earnestly that God would save your children. And they just won't get their act together. They just won't humble themselves and seek the Lord. Do we give up on God? Do we give up on praying? No. Even if God doesn't save our loved ones. Even if God doesn't heal our loved ones, even if God allows me to go home and die in my sleep tonight, He is still a good God. He is still worthy of praise. And I will live my last days serving Him with all my heart. And that's what Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego did. Guess what? There's a fourth man in that fire with Shadrach. The Lord Jesus Christ was with them through their suffering. Let me tell you tonight, God is with you. God hears you. God knows what you're going through. And he cares. Like Christina's saying, I know you're able and I know you care. I know that you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But you know something about Shadrach and Abednego? I bet you If God would not have delivered them, they would have sang, It is well with my soul, until they couldn't sing anymore. But God did deliver them, but had he not, I think they still would have had great faith to just sing through the pain. Now notice, their faith was unconditional. They didn't say, God, 
I will serve you and believe in you as long as you don't let bad things happen to me. Bad things happen to me. I'm out of here. I'm gone. How many of y'all know people in your life like that? They used to believe in God, but God didn't do something that they wanted Him to do. God didn't heal their loved one. God didn't save their loved one. God didn't do whatever. You know people, right? I know people too that no longer serve God because God didn't do what they wanted Him to do. That's not even if kind of faith, is it? That's if you do this kind of faith. If you faith, that's what that is. Well, I want to encourage you guys tonight to have the even if kind of faith. Job said this in Job chapter 13. Verse 15, you don't have to go there, I'll read it to you. Job said in all that he struggled with, lost his family, lost his livestock, had balls all over him, sores, he's just in a bad shape. What did Job say? Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain my own ways before him. Job said that though God take everything away, and he's kill me dead right now. I'm still going to serve God. And I really want to build you guys' faith up because bad things have happened to y'all. I know I look over there and I don't see Brother Bob. You know, I look back there, I don't see my brother Leo. I look over there and I don't, I don't see uh, Brother Booth. We've been through some hardships. And I know that it hurts. And I know that, that there's nothing I can say to take away the pain. But I want to encourage you to keep hanging on because you have that even if kind of faith. Even if God takes away everything I have, I will serve him. And that's what Job said. And Job believed that. Have y'all seen the movie Faith White Potatoes? Faith White Potatoes. This man was a farmer in, I think, South Africa. And he got saved. And he began to be a great influence to the people there. And one night, a storm came through. And lightning struck two of the villagers. And he ran to where they were at. And he prayed that God would raise them up. And boom, God raised them up. A little while later in the movie, in a tractor accident, his little nephew falls under the wheels and is crushed. And they asked him, how come God raised up these two that got struck by lightning, but he doesn't raise up your nephew? What kind of God are you serving? What kind of faith do you have? But that man, through the, through the movie, it's a, it's a true story, he went on to preach to all the farmers in that area and to pray that God would send rain. In the movie, God never sent the rain. But he had the faith to plant potatoes. And they told him, you are crazy. God is not going to bring rain. God, you can't grow potatoes without water. He said, watch us. Planted those potatoes. And he had the kind of even if faith. Even if God doesn't cause these potatoes to grow, I'm still going to serve him. But he went to the Lord in prayer and said, God, 
If we go to harvest these potatoes and they're all dead, that's going to make you look look like you don't have any power. So God, I need you to make potatoes come out of this ground. So come harvest time, what they do? They went out to dig and boom, they dug up potatoes. And that's the kind of faith we need. Yes, sometimes God's going to do miraculous things in some circumstances. And then we're going to have a circumstance like the little boy that's killed on the tractor. Why, God, why did you do that? You saved these two villagers, but you can't save my own family? I'm sure he could have felt that way. But he did not feel that way. Let's look at Mark chapter 14, and then we'll conclude. Jesus kind of illustrates this for us in Mark 14, verse 33 through 36. This is leading up to the crucifixion. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. We probably all have heard this story. And as he's there in the Garden of Gethsemane, he is in such distress because he's about to suffer the most brutal, ruthless torture that a human being could ever suffer. Not only that, he was about to take your sins and my sins on his sinless self. He knew that that was going to be so painful, so distressing, and he started sweating drops of blood. Have you ever been in that kind of distress? To where you're just so agonizing that, God, I need you to move and work. That's how Jesus was with his Father. And this is what he prayed in verse 36. As he went in the garden of Gethsemane to pray, he said this, Abba, Father, that is the, the Jewish most uh, precious term of endearment for Dad, Abba. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So Jesus acknowledged that his Father had the power to stop the crucifixion. Do you realize what Jesus is asking the Father here? He's asking the Father to stop the plan of salvation, to stop the crucifixion, and save man some other way. But here's something that I've learned from God. A little side note. God's master plan cannot be overshadowed by your desires. You can pray that God moves and works, but maybe God needs this event to happen to lead to another event that he has planned. Jesus had to die on the cross. Jesus himself knew that. But in his humanity, he is saying, Father, please let this cup pass. But if not, I will follow your will. Jesus said elsewhere, remember, I've come to do your will, O Lord. Jesus came to do the will of the Father. And he did it. Because he had an even if faith. Even if I go to the cross and die for my people, I'm still going to be faithful to my Father in heaven.
And the Son of God was faithful to his Father in heaven. No matter what. Let me ask you a question. What kind of faith do you have tonight? Do you have the kind of faith that believes God will work and move? Or do you pray prayers like, God, uh, if it be thy will, um, maybe you could see about helping me here? No, I think we need to start praying in faith. God, we got a problem here. God, we need you to move in our church. God, we need you to empower our pastor. We know you're going to empower our pastor. We, we believe it. We're asking you to do it. We're asking you, God, to save souls. Do you pray like that? Do I pray like that? Sometimes I don't. I think I need to do more praying like that. And also, even if God doesn't answer my prayers the way I want to, wanting to, I should still believe in Him. Let me end with this. Recently, our church challenged every member to read the book, The Insanity of God. Allison, have you read that one yet? I'm going to send that to you. That will shake you. I'm going to. (laughs) The Insanity of God is about a missionary by the name of Nick Ripken. And Nick Ripken uh, felt the desire, he and his wife, to go to Somalia in the 90s. You know what was happening in the 90s? Black Hawk Down, tribal warfare between the tribes in Somalia. And here they are doing humanitarian work in the darkest, he said it was like hell on earth. And at the end of his uh, time doing missionary work there, he asked the Lord, what did we accomplish here? This is a hell on earth. Why would you allow this to happen? So he had some problems uh, theologically and just emotionally processing the starvation and the death and everything he saw. So he set out on a new mission. His new mission was to go to countries where Christians are being persecuted and to ask them what it is that keeps them faithful to the Lord even in hell on earth. And he gives many testimonies, many stories of Christians that are suffering greatly, being thrown in prison, having their children killed in front of them, just horror story after horror story. And you know what would end all the pain? Stop believing in Jesus. Stop all this Jesus talk. They'll leave you alone. But they refuse to stop talking about Jesus. Some of their friends will be killed preaching the gospel. And maybe in America we go hide in the closet and say, well, whoa, they got my buddy Jimmy. I'm, I'm not going out there next. But the guys keep going. And, and the girls, ladies, keep going. Even though their friends and family and everyone's being killed for their faith, they get up the next day and go put their faith on the line and their life on the line for their faith. It's a great book, and I encourage you guys to to get it and read it. It's kind of a weird title, but what it's saying is that following Jesus, sometimes to the world, can look like 
the insanity of God. But it isn't. It's having an even-if kind of faith. That even if God sends persecution, even if God has my family thrown in the jail, in jail, or killed, even if we're having to meet in secret, mouthing the words of songs, they can't sing, they might get caught. So can you imagine all of us coming in here singing victory in Jesus, victory in Jesus without making a noise? Could y'all do it? Allison, you should try that one week. Okay, guys, we're going to sing Victory in Jesus as if we were in an underground church in China. And you can't vocalize that. So what am I saying, guys? Let me close this in. They still believe God no matter what comes their way. Do you have that kind of faith? That if you, if you could be killed... For your faith tomorrow, would you still be posting Christian content on Facebook? They might track your Facebook IP and come to your house and get you. You still going to do it? That's the even if kind of faith. Now maybe you're here today, maybe you're going through some rough stuff and you really need God to move. I want to encourage you today as we have a time of invitation in just a minute, I want to encourage you, come up to the altar, bring your need to the Lord, or maybe just bow your head right there at your pew, whatever you're needing God to do and to work. I want to encourage you to do that. Number two, maybe you have prayed. Maybe you've asked God to do miraculous things, and he hasn't. And maybe that's made you jaded, a little angry, a little bitter, uh, a a little bit of questioning. I want to encourage you to bow your head where you're at, ask the Lord to forgive you, and to strengthen your faith. We'll go ahead and heads bowed, eyes closed. Time of reflection and invitation. Uh, pastor come up when he feels led to. So if that's you today, you got a burden on your heart, you need God to move in a miraculous way, ask him today. Maybe you have asked God to move, and he hasn't, and that's discouraged you a little bit. Maybe it's made you a little angry, a little uh, doubtful. Go to the Lord right now and ask Him to strengthen your faith. Give you the even-if kind of faith that no matter what happens, you're going to stay faithful. I'll give you time to pray and do business with the Lord. I want to say our God is able. So let's seek Him as if we believe He's able.